guys. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am not kidding. It is 2.01 p.m. I had no intentions that I was going to record this intro at 2.01. It just so happened that I looked at the clock the second that I started talking and it's 2.01 p.m. And if that means nothing to you, that's not weird at all. (laughs) You probably just have yet to hear me talk about 201, how it is my lucky number that follows me around everywhere and has for the last eight years. I'm actually looking at a present that my friend Claire sent me for my birthday with this little note from her that says, happy belated birthday to my 201 soul sister and bi-coastal best friend because Claire and I discovered the 201 magic together in Italy years and years ago. And it's been a huge staple of my life ever since and hers a lot too, but I think mine even more. Every day, something magical happens at 2.01, and today it just so happens that recording this episode intro is the magic. So I decided that the podcast episode that I recorded with my dear friend, Kelly Levesque, this morning should come out in just a couple days. So here we are, bonus episode, super exciting. I decided to talk to Kelly in this episode about things that she doesn't get asked all the time because basically in the last year or so, Kelly Levesque has blown up. She had a book come out, Body Love. It has been doing extremely well. And Kelly's been on every single podcast and talk show in the wellness, health genre and beyond. And Her being a close friend of mine, I didn't want to have her back on the podcast to talk about everything that everybody knows about Kelly, if they've ever heard her speak before. I wanted to have her have the chance to give us a heart to heart and tell us what it's been like to be so on the go for the last several months and hear what she's up to in her personal life with her husband and they live down the street from me and kind of just hear how she's dealing with the rapid rise of success and what's on the docket for her coming up and just having a heart-to-heart conversation about how to say no and how to deal with FOMO and all these things that Kelly is also an expert on just by being an awesome human. So we have this episode for you guys today. We're about to dive into it. Total bonus episode, super special. And she was also on episode five of this podcast, which received 108,000 listens, just that particular episode. So if you're one of those 108,000 people, then you probably already know the magic that is Kelly Levesque. And if you're not, then you'll experience her today. And if you love her, you have the chance to listen to that episode too. And she's also on an episode somewhere like the 15th episode where we talk about keto with our other friend, Wes. Um, That was a cool episode too. Very much in my phase of being super keto obsessed. Now I've kind of cooled off, but here we are talking about balance. And before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give a brief, brief mention of a product that I love and I know Kelly loves it too, Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a mushroom coffee. And as I noticed this morning, because Jonathan's brother tagged me in this 
awesome video from Whole Foods on Facebook about the five trends in food that we'll be seeing in 2018. Mushroom coffee was the top trend. And that's probably because mushroom coffee is full of adaptogens, superfoods, things that are super good for you. And I didn't just say super twice on purpose, but there you have it because I feel passionately about superfoods and adaptogens and starting our day with something really healthy that doesn't leave us feeling jittery and depleted later in the day. So mushroom coffee is good for you and extends and releases in your system in a very balanced and moderate way. I'm a huge fan of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. Uh, They also have matcha. As you know, I'm deeply into matcha right now, taking a miniature coffee break for myself. And I wanted you to know that you get 15% off of Four Sigmatic by using the code BLONDE at checkout. B-L-O-N-D-E at foursigmatic.com. So check it out, you guys. You'll love the products. And if you try them, tag me on Instagram, hashtag TBB made me do it so I can see what you're trying, what you're liking, et cetera, et cetera. So without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Kelly Levesque and hear all about what she's been up to lately in her personal life, professional life, and you'll learn a lot about her that you didn't already know. I absolutely promise. Love you guys. Kelly, I'm so glad that you're here. So glad to be back. Such an easy walk up the street to your apartment from mine. I know, right? You're like, I'm leaving in two minutes. I was like, okay, that means I have two minutes and 30 seconds to get my stuff together. Yep. I love how close we live. It's so nice. People always ask me like, oh, you live in Brentwood. Can you, do you live close to Kelly? People who know both of us, I'm like, I can actually kind of see her apartment from my window. <laughs> so yes. And if you look at it like 6.30 or 7 o'clock, you'll see Chris and I walking, doing our mom dad walk around the neighborhood yes. down your street. It's the best. <laughs> That's the best walk. Yeah. Brent, what's the best? I don't actually think, when I think about my future, right? Like having kids, having a family, like living in LA and trying to like make it here. I love Brentwood because it feels so homey. It almost feels like where I grew up in Orange County. Like it's a little more, a little more mellow. I can walk everywhere on San Vicente. It's like very expensive to afford a house here. So I get like really worried. I'm like, what are we going to do when we outgrow our apartment? I'm like, can we just stay here for the next 10 years? We could swing in. Our kids could be city kids. It'd be fine. I know. I love it here so much. I feel the same way when I think about like potentially moving out where my sister lives and the valley Mm -hmm. um, because that is where you can get a nice big house with space for a family. I just think... I would rather live in Brentwood and have a condo or an apartment because it's just the neighborhood thing. We can walk everywhere that we love. We're so lucky. Yeah. No, it it definitely is. I think it's about building your life, building the things that you need um, and making sure that wherever you move has those things. And yeah, maybe making a decision to like downsize. Even if you do move to the Valley, maybe you're like, pick a smaller place in a more congested area just so you have like the yoga studios you want to go to or the smoothie bars or the Whole Foods or just the things that 
like those ancillary things that really make your life, you know, enriched and like with the things that you love. Yeah, totally. Because I think about living in that big house out in the valley, just that exists in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I think I, I would be very happy in that house, but I would have a tough time with everything else. And we have friends walking distance here. That would be hard to get used to not having like friends on every street. That's yeah. pretty rare, but it's awesome. It, it is a small world. Like I was, someone asked me, they're like, did you ever like expect to like have the clients that you have or, and I'm like, LA is such a small world. You sit in a restaurant, people walk in, hey, it's Jordan, what's up? Oh, there's Jonathan. Oh, hey. You know, I just feel like I'm running into people left and right and moving to the Valley or for me, moving to Orange County. Um, I mean, I grew up in Orange County, so I have like a lot of friends there from high school and college that ended up back down there. But, but yeah, it is. It's nice to have that community. It is. We're lucky to have that community. It would be really hard to not see you and Chris at the farmer's market I on Sundays know. when we're both in town, which is good. <laughs> we're getting better we're about getting better. it. Yeah. Or at least I've been here more. You have been everywhere in, yeah. in the U.S. and PR in the world. Pure book contract ends next Friday. Oh my so, God. Wow. Um, your life is yeah. going to change. I'm like stowing my travel bags. <laughs> Seriously, put them somewhere where you can't even reach them. Yeah. Like need to be home for a while. Yeah. Um, everybody listening, you don't yet know this, but Kelly, so I was telling Kelly, I've been looking at her Instagram all week. Like, I don't know if she's going to be in LA for our podcast recording <laughs> that we have on our calendar. And so I texted her yesterday, like see you tomorrow, question mark. And she's like, yeah. And then last night I'm seeing her stories from San Francisco and I'm like, what is happening? Kelly's going to have to take like a 4 a.m. flight to get back here. And you did. Yeah, I was and up at like, 4.45 this oh morning. Oh my God. And which you're is, chipper as ever. And well, this boy, this sexy voice I've got going on is, <laughs> this is lack of sleep, people. <laughs> yes. But yeah. just a few more days of that contract. Yeah. So the last time you were here, Kelly... You are a guest on episode five. Yep. And you were also here for on keto. like for the keto talk. And now your life has changed a lot. It's been about a year since the first time we sat on my couch over there <laughs> to record. Isn't that weird? That's crazy. I actually think it was probably today, like last year, today, weirdly enough, because that would be the trajectory of like my fifth episode. So weird and so cool. You're so, such an amazing memory. I know. I have first a of all. <laughs> freakish memory, especially for dates and numbers. But so as you know... Everybody knows the life of Kelly Levac. You've been on like every popular podcast in this genre. So I'm assuming people listening know The Fab Four. They know BeWellByKelly.com. They know your amazing book. And today we're not going to talk about that stuff. I just yes. want to... Yes. I want to talk to you about Kelly, your life and what it feels like to be Kelly Yeah, in this moment. It's weird. It's a little bit out of body. I think the most out-of-body experience I've had in the last six months was being on um, Good Morning America. That was like... So the, cool. The, just the... I was peaking. I was peaking. For some reason, I was that also like, I might puke or pee, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wait, who was your interviewer? Robin. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. It was amazing. And it was just, yeah, bucket list for sure. Um, and obviously a phenomenal platform. I mean, if anyone is ever writing books, getting a Today Show or Good Morning America, it's like you know, it's the biggest pop in book sales that you could ever have. But it was just the experience in general, like having a green room and being an expert and being 
you know, I don't know. It's just it to think that my passion and my side hustle could be something that landed me on Good Morning America as the author of my first book is, I mean, I just got the chills myself. Yeah. So I'm like, what's Isn't that happening? like a pinch me moment? You're like, I'm saying all these things. I was on Good Morning America talking about my book. Like <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so, so weird. cool. Yeah, it is. And you know, what's what's cool about it is that I didn't go oh, I'm going to be on Good Morning America or I'm going to try to get celebrity clients or I'm going to try and do all of these like really big things. I didn't set my, I didn't, I didn't even set those as goals to be honest. I just, my goals were that I wanted to do what I loved and make it a viable business. And I didn't think about those really big things that would make me nervous or insecure or have me kind of like slowing down. I just thought every day, like, what can I do to you know, push this business forward and was always thinking really about my clients and really about helping people. And, and then, you know, these opportunities presented themselves and it's almost like you wake up in the opportunity, like, or even sometimes after, like, I remember I was, everything was happening at Good Morning America, but I had so many uh, nerves and I had so much anxiety and it was, you know, I don't know. Once you start talking, it's fine. It like all went away in a snap, like in a moment. But we left. My dad's like, want to go to the 9-11 museum? And I was like, from the highest high to the lowest slowdown. <laughs> I was like, can we go to Jack's wife, Frida, for brunch first? Yes. And he was like, okay, we can go there. So, you know, and I, but I was, it was really interesting that juxtaposition in that day because it was really one of the most, you know, one of the best outside of my personal life, which I'm open to talking about, um, my wedding and all of that. But like, it was probably the the best day I've had in my in my career ever. And an hour later, you know, two hours later, I'm in the 9-11 museum thinking about like the way people's lives go some way, sometimes, you know, and how lucky I am just to even be able to get the chance to like be here today, you know? And so it was, it was I don't know, it was a really powerful day. That is powerful. It's so cool. The juxtaposition you're talking about, like that's something I think a lot about with yoga and all the mindfulness that I've been getting into is the light and the dark and the comparison of the two and how if you're always in the light, you can't appreciate it necessarily for how bright it is. That's kind of how I think of my childhood. It was like the lightest, brightest, happiest childhood, but I didn't know anything different. Yeah. And as, and I'm happy and so lucky that that's the way that it was. Um, getting older, experiencing all sorts of dark, negative, challenging, unfair things. I can really appreciate like anything good and light and positive in a whole different way. Even this moment with you yeah. that we've been trying to plan mm -hmm. and here we both are. It's just like, it's really light, but yeah. without the juxtaposition, yeah. it's different. It's it's really true. I mean, I think a lot of what's been interesting too in the last six months is a lot of people are like, you're crushing it. You're blowing up, blah, 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 blah. And they say these, I mean, they're really nice things to say, but I almost want to be like, I want you to know more about my life so that you understand that like, there were months I was dipping into savings that I worked really hard to save to just to pay a rent. And that, you know, my husband has been trying to be, 
you know, follow his passion. He's very inspired by the, the career path that I've taken to like follow my passion. And is like trying so like diligent, likely to be a writer and to break in here in Hollywood. And like, he's brilliant. I mean, he's so smart, like so creative, valedictorian, but beyond that, like, and I brag about him, but I just, you know, I'm so proud of him for sticking with it in the dark. Because I think that there is something to be said about that path for so many people, I'm sure, listening and so many people trying to start something on their own, or maybe they're in something that isn't right for them and they're trying to change and have the courage to do that like you did once before, you know, and are doing again. It's it's not saying I'm not going to grow because this is what people expect of me and I'm not going to stay in something that isn't right for me. I'm going to own my truth and I'm going to live in that whether it's really dark or not. And I'm going to, I'm going to push through in the darkness for the light because it is who I am and it's who I want to be, whether the world thinks it's okay or supports me in that or not. Yeah. It's so true. It's, it's, it's funny that you say, not funny, but I totally see what you're saying with everyone saying to you, you're crushing it, you're killing it, you're blowing up. Because even just knowing you and all of our mutual friends, people say that to me about you all the time. Like, wow, Kelly really blew up and she's crushing it. And like, is she so, what, is she so happy? And I'm like, yeah, she's killing it. But in my eyes, you were the whole time. So I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I see that she blew up and that's so amazing. But when you know the person behind what's happening, it's just different. It's like, yeah, she's still Kelly and she's still the person who was rooting for my relationship with Jonathan (laughs) two years before it happened. And the person that I see at the farmer's market giggling with her husband. Yeah, It's just cool to... The The hard part of all of this, which you probably experienced is I haven't experienced is I used to be able to go to Whole Foods and like not run into people that I didn't know, right? If I ran into friends, whatever. And not that I don't care, like, but it is it is a weird thing that's starting to happen to me that if people are noticing me or noticing where I am, there is um, a, like a little bit of pressure around what I look like. If I've like done my hair, if I'm like in just like, but I just roam around Brentwood and you know this. I mean, I have a greasy ponytail on, let's be honest. Like I took a flight. I did not wash my hair this morning. I'm not gonna like wash my hair and curl my hair if I get an extra hour of sleep. Like no. Yeah, no. Um, and to walk around Brentwood and just to be myself. And and I've had these little moments where I'm like, oh, I need to like swipe on mascara or I need to like, you know, I should put jeans on and get out of this like sweaty outfit. And I stop myself because I'm like, that's just not who I am. And like, you need to, like, it is one thing, like it's good to be presentable and like all of that. But I mean, I generally have good hygiene. So it's <laughs> yeah, not exactly. the issue, but it's just, it's, I, th- I think a different thing that is like going back to who you are, like who, who are you at your core and always trying to find, you know, just anchor yourself back to who you are all the time. And the one thing I will say is when you grow fast, there's a lot of people that are following me that don't really know what I'm about, that haven't been there for five years. So they don't know how I feel about food. And maybe they read the book and that's like a little insight into who I am. But it's over the last five years, as the science changes and comes out, I'm always saying like, okay, this is a new study. This is what it says. This is how you can implement it. You don't need to like be intermittent fasting for the next like three months or being in keto for the next three months. It's a tool. I always want people to to know that like my advice is always just that it should be a tool. 
and that we're going to go with something until the science tells us not to and we change. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm like toying with like, do I share more of my personal life? So people really know who I am, like yes. the way you do. <laughs> and and that's kind of where we're at today, right? Yeah. So. I'm always a proponent of sharing the behind the scenes life of who you are, because it's only going to make you closer to the people who are looking up to you for nutrition advice and science knowledge. But it's really cool to know the person behind all of that. Yeah. And I know what you mean. When you're on Good Morning America or you grow super rapidly, it shows a piece of you to hundreds of thousands or more people. And that piece of you is not all of you. Yeah. At all. And I struggled with that a lot back when I had the similar trajectory of everyone learning that I was not vegan anymore and that I had orthorexia. And then that was like me to hundreds of thousands of people. But that really wasn't me. That was me for a really small slice of time. Yeah. And then months later, I was feeling really balanced and healthy and I was writing a book and people for years still wanted to talk about everything else, which I understand mm-hmm. and I don't fault anyone for. It's just the interesting thing of having... A lot of people know who you are for one specific reason. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think, you know, they're trying to connect with you on what they're probably dealing with. And it's something that you had dealt with. And I think, yeah, but people change. People change a lot. And they're always constantly growing. And I, I think sharing more of who I am or more of who you are is a great way for people to really like, know all of the facets of you as a person. Exactly. So you as a person, you have exciting things happening that are totally not work-related, like personal life. Mm -hmm. Tell us what's what's going on. Yeah. Well, I have a baby already, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny. Last night I was speaking at Kuyana in San Francisco and this girl walked up and she's like, I'm I'm this business, you know, I'm doing women in business and it's for the, it's for the 20 sums. And it's like about how (laughs) you like, how you hustle and like break out of like corporate careers and you do stuff on your own. And, and I really would love for you to be on the panel. And I had to stop her and be like, so I'm just going to just let you know. And maybe it's because of like Instagram and it's, and I don't have kids yet, but I'm going to be 35 in July. <laughs> so I've aged out of your 20-sums panel, but I really, I mean, I'm going to take that as a compliment and I'm going to run with it. So that's amazing. let me know when you want like a health panel and you want someone who's over 20 or over 30. Yeah. I'm, I'm was there she shocked? You. She was like, what? I'm like, yeah, well, I've had the same face since I was like three. It's just grown (laughs) inside. I've seen your childhood pictures. (laughs) My forehead is not a forehead. It's a five head. Oh my God. (laughs) I love it. Just like little face, huge head. (laughs) That is hysterical. Yeah, it's funny. But um, no, I really want to have some kids. And when I say have some kids, I mean like I want like four or five kids. And I really have to get rocking and rolling on that. And Obviously, Chris and I taking our departure from corporate America and this like bougie (laughs) paycheck situation we had going on back in the day to a really like, how much is health insurance? How much is the taxes you pay if you don't have health insurance? Which one costs more? Um, Is pretty interesting. But I think our life, you just, we figured it out until now and we just can't, we can't wait. We just have to rock and roll. And what's been really interesting is 
you know, and I'm on this journey, but just like learning how many of my clients and my friends have had to go through, you know, shots of Clomid, which make you ovulate or IUI, which is a form of, you know, it's basically like implanting it, basically like putting a baby up inside of you, not like IVF is, but a little bit different. And then full-blown IVF to a friend who's who's actually working with a surrogacy um, agency right now, you know? So I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot happen for my friends and everyone's getting pregnant a little bit later. And I realized that, you know, I just, I can't put this off any longer. And I've also have this calling to make it happen. Like I'm so in love with my husband and I want to have all his babies. You know, I have to, we have to get rocking and rolling. So we're going to try and make that happen as soon as possible. So. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm all but telling you my ovulation cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Little Kelly and Chris baby. Yeah. I'm so excited for you about all of that. That's a whole new chapter of life. It'll be super interesting. You know what I've, what I have found is that there's all of these, like it is in the health community, right? In the health community, people will be like, vegan is better. Keto is better paleo is better. And there are these really strong opinions about what is better. And I think the people that have been in it the longest end up being less religious and strict about what they think is better and end up realizing that it's just, it all can kind of work. It's about what works for you and having less rules and less structure and having just more of like self-love and body love. And I see this in the mommy community where they're like, you know, if someone can't breastfeed, it's like, oh, you know, so-and-so didn't breastfeed their kid. And it's like, well, maybe they had a hard time doing it or maybe it didn't work for them. Or maybe they cried for 48 hours and tried and it just, it wasn't for them and their baby. Like there's going to be so many hurdles and I want to be really careful because where I can have an opinion in the health and wellness world, I don't know necessarily that I can have I mean, I can read studies and be the same kind of unbiased. This is kind of what's out there and this is what I've learned. I like to share things that way, but it's, I think, a really like emotionally charged time for people in regards to being judged by other people when they're a mom. Like, what kind of mom are you going to be? Are you going to be a stay-at-home mom? Are you going to, if you're a working mom, what kind of like work guilt do you have because you're not with your kids and maybe you're the kind of person that is actually a better mom when you're working? You know, or maybe like that was the one thing when Chris and I first got together is like I did I loved my corporate career, but I didn't love it as enough to be like, oh, if if I could be a stay at home mom, I'd be a stay at home mom because I want to have all these kids. I want to have like a basketball team of kids, (laughs) you know, and I want to be there with them for everything. My mom was there for for everything, you know. And then as I was growing up and going to college, then it became this thing where there was so much respect for the moms that weren't like my mom, the moms that weren't stay-at-home moms, the moms that had these careers. And what did they have going on if they were an attorney or an accountant or whatever? And um, I remember going through a period of time, I think in like end of high school and college that I was like, I'm going to work when I'm a mom. And then as my friends started to have kids and some of them are stay-at-home moms, um, like from high school and college, and just to see the relationship they have with their kids and not wanting to give that up. I mean, I think it is just a really personal journey. So I'm, you know, I've been a flip-flopper, but I do really love my career and I don't think I can give it up. I've, I'm learning to say no. And it's starting now. It's starting now and just in being like, I can't take that trip because I looked at my calendar and in January, I'm ovulating then. And if we're not pregnant by January, then I want to be home to try and have a baby. And Chris is like, this is weird. You're canceling chip trips because of ovulation. And what if you're pregnant before? Or what if you're not pregnant? I'm like, I don't know. But I'm right now making a life choice to slow down 
say no and make this a priority. And I can't, and we probably won't get pregnant if I'm super stressed out or traveling or in airplanes every time. So, so yeah. Yeah. And I, and I digress. No, all of that is amazing. First of all, what you're saying with like all the different choices, what kind of mom to be, it's a little more far off for me, but I think about that kind of stuff too. And I think because your career has become your lifestyle, your lifestyle is your career. I don't think you'll have trouble balancing what you do with being a super present mom because it's your life. And that's kind of how I feel about my job too. And who knows when we have kids, like all of this could, I could be like, what was I talking about? Yeah. But I think <laughs> like whoever, whatever children come into our lives are just going to fit and be a part of exactly the way it's meant to be. And then what you're saying about saying no and slowing down, we have to talk about this because okay. this is like the mantra of my life or I've tried to have it be the mantra for at least two years, slow down. I've done extreme things like pancha karmas to mm. force myself to slow down, which only lasts for so long, no matter how blissful it is. So how like how are you doing it? And what are the what are the tips Kelly has yeah. for us? As we sit here and like my phone lights up with I emails know, and it's probably up. from like a PR girl being like Another so and so brand is having a party to launch this and all of these people are invited and you should come. And then they'll sometimes be like, Jordan's going. <laughs> and then I'm like, shoot, now I have to go. I know. I always say, I always have to know who's going. Is, yeah. is Kelly going to be there? And yeah. then I have like my list of people. And, and yeah. That you'd want to see outside of the brand or whatever. Exactly. I feel like I am too old for FOMO. I think that's what I've just decided. What I did have was a lot of FOMO. I was like, oh, I want to like meet these people and network and say yes. And saying yes in the beginning of my career really helped me. Like from getting Jessica Alba as a client because I said yes to a silly party to be like a party favor of like, I'll talk to you about your nutrition in the corner <laughs> to, you know, meeting someone and ending up being something else to saying yes to like working with clients for free that end up ended up introducing me to someone that ended up being great, you know, um, or like a really big part of my career. So yes, being open, saying yes, um, having spurts of like hustle and drive that is unmatched is good, but at the expense of your health and at the expense of just your lifestyle, I think it's not worth it. And I think there there needs to be, if you're going to run your marathon like a sprint, you're going to burn out. And so either run it like a marathon and fuel up the right way and take care of your body or be a sprinter and sprint and then save time for yourself. So, I mean, I will say over the last six months, knowing that I was going to have this six-month PR contract, which I would have probably done less time, but I am so obsessed with my PR team. I think that they're just, they became like such my best friends. They're so cool. They're really nice people, which makes a huge difference. Yeah. And they were so phenomenally prepared when I showed up and was like, hi, you don't know me from Adam, but I wrote a book (laughs) and I would like someone to support me. They treated me like Barry's Bootcamp and Lorna Jane, which are two of their other, and McDonald's, two of their, which I'm like, I'm not sure about that client. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah. But they treated me that way. They had a deck prepared and they were like, this, these are, these are the cities we want you to visit. These are the TV shows we want you to go on. These are the like 
um, journals we're going to introduce you to. This is kind of how we think it should go. We know you have your schedule with your clients and you're going to work Monday through Thursday or half day Thursday. And then we want you to fly out Thursday. We want you to be on a morning show on a Friday. We want you to do like a blogger event or a workout, like a sweat and sign, which was more my idea. They were like, we could do like, you know, parties with cocktails. And I was like, no, <laughs> workout. I would like to do yoga, spin, hit. I don't care in a different city, but this is like me. And this is what I want my this is what I would want people to get together for anyways. So it made sense for me and the brand and for my well-being. Um, and then sometimes it would be Saturday morning. So depending on where I would go, I'd be gone. I'd work Monday through Thursday and then I'd fly and travel for the book Thursday night through Saturday morning or Saturday night. And then I would maybe get a Sunday that wasn't. And a lot of times Sunday ended up being like a lot of catch up. So the last six months has totally been a sprint. But I did put a vacation in the middle of that to Japan. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you did. I need to go to the farthest place that I can find where, I mean, my phone worked there, but you know, you basically want that unplugged moment. And that's what I'm doing again in December. So I knew that, I knew that this was going to be hard and it, but I, I needed those like downtime moments to look forward to. And I needed those like little goals, which most of the time became like, I'm going to try to get in bed early or I'm going to get like two yoga classes in this week. And if that's all that I can manage with this travel schedule and my work schedule, that's what's happening. But I had these big chunks of time, like the two weeks in Japan. And then now, um, December 15th through the new year, I'll be here a little bit, but then in Mammoth with my family. So the checkout Amazing. times are like, you know, your water breaks. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> taking a sip of water, I love that. I think when we went to lunch a few weeks ago and you told me about your December 15th through the new year time off, it really inspired me to do, to plan the same. Yes. Um, I'm so happy. And I think what I'm going to try to do is take all of December off, but not in a totally extreme way because that would be a little stressful come January, but going to Bali, going to really relax and just have the downtime. And then I come back and it's pretty much the holidays. So So the whole of December is just going to be really go with the flow. If I feel inspired to work and hustle in spurts, like you're talking about, I will. But if I don't, I just won't. And I think that's so important because I haven't taken a month to myself ever. I mean, maybe back when I was like in college and nothing mattered. I probably did that all the time, but I haven't done that in my whole career. And it sounds amazing. So with saying no and growing out of FOMO, which sounds amazing. Yeah. um, Like how do you ever still get those moments of like, oh, I wish I could be there. I wish I could say yes to this or not really. Last night's a perfect example. You went to Mark Sisson's party at his house in Malibu. Morgan Bueller, the head of that company, is like one of my good friends. You were there. I mean, like Courtney was there. Nicole was there. And I was like, oh, like I really want to be in town for that. I knew I wanted to be in town for that. And I was talking to the PR girls. I was like, can you ask Kuyana if they can do it Tuesday and I'll just fly back Wednesday and then I'll get to go to this party. And it was fun to see the pictures and everything. Um, And I really wish I could have been there for your yoga. But it was different this time. Like it was just, it was like, if I didn't think that I had a relationship with you girls or Mark and Morgan or didn't think that I could make the time to be with you, then I think I would be a little bit more upset about it. But I've sort of shifted my mindset that 
is it about the party and missing out or is it about the person and trying to refocus about it being about the person? And can I just spend some better quality time with that person versus those parties where you actually just rush in, do the small talk, joke around a little bit, take some pictures, and then everyone leaves. Yeah. That's such a good way of looking at it. I like that a lot. I think it comes back to like a confidence thing too. Like you're confident in your relationships with everybody who you knew who was there. So there's, I mean, a night is a night and a party is a party. And I was telling my mom when I left last night, because I went, taught the yoga. Obviously it was beautiful and so much fun. I was teaching yoga in the middle of a party where people were still mingling and drinking. So it was like hilarious just the (laughs) amount of like, just (laughs) concentration that the yoga students had um, to even hear me. Like it was really fun. And it was like Todd and people who I was just like, I love these people for even listening and being on their yoga mat while they could be drinking wine in Mark's backyard watching the sunset. Yeah. But I left. So the party was like, five to eight or something. I left at like 7.30, but it seemed like people were probably definitely going to stay until like midnight. Yeah. Um, And I was having fun, but I left anyway, which is like the new thing. That's kind of my way of like not having FOMO. Just leaving when I feel like it because I know that I want to be in bed winding down by like 9 or 9.30, winding down from being very stimulated. It's going to take me hours. So I was talking to my mom and I was like, it's so funny. I just left. Like nobody was leaving. I was having fun. I love all those people, but I just left. And she's like, awesome. That's great, Jordan. (laughs) That's normal. And that made me really happy because for me, it would have been in the past... Like, oh, I should really stay. Everybody's staying and I haven't talked to this person and I didn't get any quality time with this person. And at the end of the day, like it's a night, just like you're saying. It's it's a party is a party. And I can look at the pictures that were taken after I left and be like, oh, that's what happened. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it was amazing because I got a good night of sleep. And I mean, I know my body. I have you know, insomnia. So I have to be really careful with like when I get home and especially if I'm coming from deep in Malibu, um, which is like my dream location of living one day. That's one thing I would move to that side of town for. Yeah, you could do Um, that. Yeah. I could totally see you there. Oh my God, I would be (laughs) so happy there. But yeah, it's interesting. I think probably a lot of people listening are struggling with, the fear of missing out and especially living in a city like LA or New York or Chicago or like any of these cities where so many people listening live. There's just endless opportunities. But what I've found, I'll be curious to hear if you feel this way too, is if you fill your time with those things all the time, then you really lose time to to work on yourself and to exercise and to even like think about what inspires you, which you have to think about if you're like going to be writing a book or doing anything. Yeah, no, I will say what I was finding was that I was feeling just really overrun. And I was, because you can go to an event in LA like every night of the week if the PR people, if if they get your email address, you're in trouble, right? (laughs) Yeah, Um, I need to get off of thousands of lists. Yeah, and you know what I found myself doing is I'm saying no to things that just aren't physically close either because I just don't really like sitting in LA traffic during rush hour to get to something. 
And I will say, if I say yes to something and it isn't geographically close to me, I will make it so that I'm in that location ahead of time so that it isn't a drag on my human body and I don't feel worn down by it. But I will, yeah, I will just say like, it isn't as productive as you think it is to like be everywhere all the time. I think it's more productive when you hone in, put your head down and work and have the confidence that it's going to work out and be more strategic than, you know, like what, what's that quote where they're like, stop glorifying busy. Oh yeah, exactly. Like that's true. Like you are enough, you do enough, you have enough, stop glorifying busy, like start deciding what it is that you want to do. And I think one thing that people don't realize is they're like, for you, it's been great because like you were able to blog for yourself and you brought readership to your own website and your own brand. For me, I write for a lot of other people and that drives people to my website, which in the beginning when you're trying to grow a brand and people don't know you, collaborating and being somewhere else where there are more eyes on someone else's brand is more productive than spending a lot of time talking to 10 friends, you know? So I will say that's kind of how I think about a lot of my life is how can I be efficient, but share to a larger audience? Like I used to be on Snapchat and I sometimes will still go on it, but I think like I have like 10 friends on Snapchat. Like I don't think people know that I exist over there or if they, if they do now, maybe I just haven't logged in, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I reach so many more people via Insta stories. And so I'm just finding myself spending my time there. Yeah. The efficiency is actually really helpful when it comes to time management, but also like deciding what to say yes and no to. Yeah. That's, I came to that with teaching yoga, as sad as it was to take a hiatus or maybe a forever hiatus from teaching in our little local neighborhood studios, which was, it really fed my soul. But I would have to look at it and look into the room and see, okay, there are 10 people here. Mm -hmm. I spend hours of my life here every week and hours planning and hours recuperating from the energy that it takes to share in that way and to teach. And ultimately, and then I would go teach at like events, workshops, things where I would look out and there's hundreds of people and they're excited and we're taking pictures. And I would just, I just, it took me months to come to this is not the most efficient use of my time, which is sad because I like it, but you can walk away from things that you like and still be like yeah. better off <laughs> without them. Yeah. And I think when, when you realize that like it's not working for you to, to pivot is really important too. And to say like, well, if I do my yoga guide and I share it online and, you know, thousands of people download it, I'm helping thousands of people, not 10 people in one class where also that's an hour of your life where you're running here and there to get there and and you're giving away all this energy and like, what are you getting? Like if it's filling you back up, great. But if it's not, that's okay. Yeah. It was, it used to fill me up. And then when it stopped filling me up, it was just time to say goodbye, time to say goodbye very much. Yeah. Which um, brings me to something else I wanted to talk to you about because I think you have such a good philosophy on boundaries of energy mm-hmm. and being a nutritionist and a health coach and helping people who who are often struggling. And so, I mean, I've been in this position where you just end up like pouring your heart out. And then in your job, you're not always equipped to to have that. So how do you have energy boundaries with what you do? 
I think it's been practice. I'm pretty good at it. I think I'm innately good at it. And I have been since I was like a little kid where, yeah, if my best friends were like talking poorly about me or, or, you know, being negative or sad, I would empathetically feel that, but not in the way that you do. And not in the way that my, like my younger sister, Katie, Chrissy is my youngest and Katie is my middle sister. And Katie's just the emotional one. She's the feeler. And Chrissy and I always like giggle and laugh like, but she does. Like she worries about what other people go through. Like even me, like talking about getting pregnant and like, what will this journey look like for me? And will I be open about it when I'm ready? And like what, you know, all of that. And she's just like already worried. Like, well, do you think you can get pregnant? Or do you think you're, are you too old? Like, and I'm like, oh my God, first of all, I'm not too old, you know, but, but just she's a feeler and she's emotional about it. And she's already worried about me and she's already worried about her and she's thinking about Chrissy. And I'm like, and it's going to be okay, Kate. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's going to cross the bridge when they get to that bridge and they're going to figure out how to cross it if they need help or not, you know? And that's just who she is. For me, it's, I'm, um, if it's very close to me or I feel like there've been things that have happened recently. Like I had a friend from college, like, because now that I'm in this process of being like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to have a kid. Let's have a baby. And you're more aware of like how people are, what people's process is. You know, I've had some friends go through some serious things, like deliver a a baby that wasn't alive at very late in term and things like that. And you have the, you know, those are things that run through my head throughout the day. And not that I'm worried about me, but I just feel bad for that person. And I'm worried about that person. And I think, I think what's been interesting is I'm probably most emotional, empathetic about my friend's kids. Like when my friend's kids get sick and I see that on Instagram that they're in the hospital and they don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I'm worrying about this so much because I think it's such an innocent little life, you know, whereas I feel like our friends who are older and they're adults and we can deal with it and we can take care of it. But I've really had, I have a soft spot for kids. But when it comes to my clients, like they are adults. And I want to support them. But I also can't take on their burdens every day because it's it's a very hard balance and dance where I want to feel what they're feeling so that I can give them the best advice. Like if someone is constantly thinking and obsessing about food all day long, I want to use science to help them stop doing that instead of being like, just stop thinking about food because that's not going to work. Like it's a process, it's a loop that they've created in their brain. And I want to come in with like a chemical intruder, like a hunger hormone or satiety hormone and say like, how am I going to strategically make this work and take the emotion outside of it? And when I first started, like my clients who had weight to lose, for example, and they would have these really great weeks and then they'd fall off the side of the earth and hadn't signed up because I don't nag my clients to sign up for appointments. I'm like, this needs to be, I don't go, oh, well, when's our next appointment? I just go, you know how to book, go on the internet and book my time. I mean, that's nothing that I learned in sales back in the day. I'm like, it's the antithesis of probably what I learned because any other therapist, doctor, client, person, client, whatever relationship, they would say, oh yeah, well, so when am I going to see you again? And when are you signing up next? And you're never giving that person to make the, the chance to make the decision to grow or not to grow with you. And so I always let people do that. So sometimes I have people fall off the side of the earth and then they come back and they're like, oh, I just, you know, I've been binging for like, or eating poorly for the last three months. And it affects me. Like I take that on and I'm, I feel bad about that. And I'm sad about that. 
and I care a lot. So in the beginning of like five, now almost six years ago, I really took on that burden. And I really cared when people weren't hitting goals, getting results, changing, growing, feeling better, whatever it may be. And what I've realized as a coach is that's technically what I am. I'm a consultant and a coach is that I show up 50% and you show up 50%. And if you don't meet me halfway, I can't carry these burdens. And there've been people where it's a bad relationship where they are an energy suck and, and, and are taking away from my other clients because I'm worrying about them so much and we're not jiving or it's not working or they're not ready. And I've had to fire people because I just have to tell them I'm not equipped to deal with whatever you're dealing with. And if you can't be open with me about what's really happening, then I can't really help you. So, you know, what I hear from a lot of people who want to do what I'm doing or already do what I'm doing. We've had friends, we've talked about it, who are like, I just don't like how these sessions go from being about food and nutrition to being about emotion. But you have to realize emotion is so highly interwoven with what you eat, what you choose to eat, how you feel. And it's just this back and forth ping pong game. So you have to, you know, you have to be okay with talking about that stuff. But if something's over my head, I'm the first one to say, I think you maybe should talk to a therapist or I think you maybe should see a doctor or figure out what's going on with you. Because if you're not open with me about your binging disorder or your eating disorder or, um, or you're telling me like a teacher what I want to hear, God, you got to be, you got to be straight with me. Like I walk in the front door, I eat all my kids' goldfish. I drink a glass of wine and then I make a really healthy dinner. But if they tell me that they have a smoothie and they have a salad and they make a really healthy dinner and they leave out the fact that they mowed down half a container of goldfish because they're embarrassed or something, I'm like, guys, I grew up eating goldfish. I grew up eating, I know how good taquitos from Costco are. They, they're, I mean, they're so gross, but they're like, you know, I remember, yeah, like it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm not human. So we have to be honest to get anywhere. And I'm going to be honest with you if I can handle what you're going through or not. And I mean, I've refunded someone. So when wow. it, yeah, when it's not, when it's not working, when it's just not right and it's, they're not ready to tell me what's going on or what they tell me what's going on. And I'm like, I, here's what I would do if I were in your position, I would see Ashley needs for breath work, or I would see, you know, this therapist about an eating disorder, or I would try to work through whatever work situation or family situation you have, because we're not going to fix the food if the culprit of poor eating is because you have a bad relationship with your dad. Yeah. And that's a service to people because you're helping them find what they really need, even if it's not necessarily just what they thought it was, having a health coach, like you need more (laughs) or different. And you did that with me, with Dr. Lekos and... I mean, every few months I'm discovering like all these different imbalances and allergies. And I recently learned I am like extremely allergic to cat dander, um, which doesn't, he's, <laughs> I walk into Dr. Lekos' office and he's like, do you have a cat? I'm like, don't tell me, don't <laughs> tell me because it doesn't show up like other people's cat allergies. It's actually just like compromising my whole immune system, which is fun. Um, Honey, where that's are why you? I'm chronically fatigued and like have a rash all over my body. So now I'm taking LDN. I haven't even told you this. Have you, has no. he like talked to you about no. what he's doing with LDN? Um, um, yeah. Because yeah, because I wouldn't be able to describe it, but maybe you can. 
I think it's a little over. It's going to be a little bit difficult to, yeah, to okay. break down. But. So no need to like fully <laughs> break it down in this episode. He'll be on at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, when, he would be a phenomenal person to have yeah. on. I'm just going to like bring this equipment to his office and just show up there. It's a good idea. He'll do it. Um, yeah, he wants to. We just have to make it happen. But so I'm taking this LDN and I think it's actually helping. I can just tell because I have more energy. My rash has gone away. But if it weren't for you introducing me to him two years ago, two and a half yeah. or more, after I did like the clean program and felt not better, but worse, <laughs> you're yeah. like, okay, there's something happening here. Yeah. Which is helpful that you're that kind of, that kind of I'd person better, in people's I'd rather lives. work with someone have really great results if I know I can help. And if I feel like it's out of my like ballpark, then we're going to just like find someone else that can help you. Because I, at the end of the day, I just want you to, people to be better. For sure. Or feel good. It's a lifestyle yeah. component. And lifestyle. That brings me to your next book, which you are working on and yeah. everything's through. It's happening. So it's archetypes. And yeah. I want you to tell us what they are. Um, okay. So basically it's body love every day. So it's 30 days of recommendations. At least that's what it is right now. You know how things change. But mm -hmm. 30 days of rec recommendations for different archetypes. So what I found was I have generally, everyone is like bio-individuality, right? But there's also like bio-commonalities among certain types of people. And when I look at my clients, I have clients who are really like kind of more of a quick fix person where, where they don't want to think about food and they, they'll generally be healthy, but come a wedding or a bachelorette or, you know, a big presentation or a reunion, they're like, I want to get fit fast. And I want to give people the tools to do that, that don't destroy their metabolism, that um, set them up for success and teach them habits that they can use even beyond that type of a reset. Um, so that's, there's that girl, the quick fix to fabulous type of a girl. And then what I was finding was I was getting a lot of like plant-based devotees who were like, there's meat in every rep recipe in your book. I'm like, first of all, there is not, there are a few vegetarian recipes, but, um, I do have a lot of clients who are vegan vegetarian and I even have a couple that are raw and that's an even harder thing to balance when you're talking about balancing blood sugar and making them feel full and satisfied and almost in an Ayurvedic way, like making them feel grounded because they can be so airy and light and up in the air. Mm -hmm. I still have vata in my system from being vegan <laughs> yeah. for so many years. Like, so that's good that you're grounding yeah. the plant-based humans. I, I'm basically like all you plant-based balloons. I'm tying strings to you and holding you down. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's what they need. Yeah, And how cool because people listening who are plant-based, like there's a lot of people who support that lifestyle who yeah. aren't plant-based. And that's something I always like to share because it can be so cultish. Like, I'm this, I'm paleo, blah, blah. And it's so nice that you have a balanced approach to everything that people choose. Yeah, I think, I think it is, you know, I think there was a little bit of backlash that was like, why don't, like, you're an animal hater or whatever. And it's when, like... When is there not yeah, that backlash? I'm like, I'm not down getting used to the backlash. But the thing is, is I'm not. And I have a lot of clients who are, and I support them in that, in that journey. And, you know, I, I am a little bit of a stickler when it comes to certain supplementation that needs to happen and sleep and, um, you know, fats 
because I really, fat's your friend when you're vegan. It really is. And then, um, and then I have my domestic goddess, which I think is you. Yes. Yeah. I've turned into a domestic goddess. Can you believe it? It's amazing. That was not me. Because when we first met, you were plant, leaning plant-based devotee and a little bit of my like perfectionist archetype. Yeah. And the on-the-go girl. And a little bit on-the-go like, girl. Really. So. Really. So, balloon. yeah. We, I basically pitched five archetypes and it really is like, you know, I just have girls that are constantly on the go and they don't ever eat at home and they always eat out and they're always traveling for work and they're seeing their friends and going on bachelorettes and going on vacations. And that's so fun and fabulous, but it's finding the structure. It's finding the lifestyle in the chaos and helping people to do that. Um, But the domestic goddess is fun because it might not be as strict of a, um, you know, weight loss, body composition type of a goal and more of like a self-love energy and honing in on the simplicity of cooking, which we just talked about. You made Jonathan, you made yourself dinner and had leftovers and Jonathan didn't believe they were yours. He did not. He was so confused. He's like, (laughs) did you make this? First he said, this tastes weird. And I was like, I made this. And he's like, no, you didn't. And then it got all, he's like, oh, actually I love it. Yeah. Who knows if that's true, but I loved it. Yeah. That's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it's so, it's really just, it's giving people a little more information because I'm, as you know, I'm all about the light structure. I'm all about just having the tools in my toolbox and making it happen to feel healthy and feel well. But I realize the, the, all of my clients want like medium structure or more information. They want to learn more. And I'm so down to share that information. So that's kind of what's coming down the pipe next. Ooh, I'm so excited. So everybody listening, you can probably sort of pinpoint which archetype you're going to be. I love being a domestic goddess. I feel like I'm growing into that at the age of 27 and hopefully more and more. So I can't wait to see all your tips for that type of person and everything else. I'm so excited. So we're going to move into the rapid fire questions, which are totally just fun and light and everything. And I didn't have these in existence yet on episode five. So yay. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know it's crazy because I post chocolate recipes, but I didn't eat chocolate until I was studying. I wasn't studying abroad. I backpacked for three months after I graduated from USC because my undergrad was business finance and then decided one in nature of human health and disease to be my minor. And so then I had to like, or concentration. So then I had to like go back and take these classes and I couldn't study abroad. So we traveled for three months in Europe and my, both of my friends who I traveled with, Molly and Carrie were like, you have to eat chocolate. I was like, ew, I don't like it. And they literally made me eat it and I ate it until I liked it. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like literally like in Belgium. It was amazing. That is hysterical. Uh, well, that's a good place to eat chocolate. Yeah. So it was good, but sorry, not rapid fire. No, I, I like when the rapid fires become conversational. Home or traveling? This one's actually interesting at this stage for you. I think it just depends where have I been lately. I want to be home right now. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be, I just, yeah, I want to be home. I want to be home and without a schedule. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Especially after a 4.45 flight this morning. Yeah. (laughs) Home for a while. Oh, I don't know if... Well, this will be fun to see. Do you have a favorite crystal? I have a bunch of white ones, but I don't know what they are. (laughs) They could be selenite or they could be... It's like that one you have right there with the little little sparkles in it. 
Oh, yeah. That's probably just like a clear quartz kind of thing. Yeah. That's very Kelly. Very yeah. like neutral and beautiful to have around. Just sparkly and white. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. If you could give just one wellness tip to someone, what would it be? That's so hard. Just one. Start with a Fab Four smoothie. Yeah. See what it's like. Just give it a whirl. Yes. And if you guys aren't sure what Fab Four is, listen to episode five or go to Kelly's website or her Instagram or anywhere and go to the hashtag because... People are loving the Fab Four. Or smoothies. buy the book, Body Love. Oh yeah, duh. <laughs> I mean, there's like a lot of places Plug. where you can learn about it. Body Love, the one item in your pantry you can't live without. My pantry, not including my fridge. We'll do pantry and then fridge. Okay. In my pa- pantry would probably be a really clean protein powder. And in my fridge would probably be lemons. Lemons. Like, do you have a clean protein powder that you recommend? Um, I'm using Primal Kitchen Collagen Fuel right now. Mm. Um, and I do like the Tone It Up um, pea protein. I just like vegetable proteins to have like less than five or six ingredients. And most have like 450,000. Mm-hmm. And I know how hard it is because I'm coming out with a protein powder. Woo! Yeah. Oh my so God. I know how hard it is to source one clean protein. I mean, I've sent so many samples back. You guys would be disgusted the stuff that you're finding in this stuff. Ew. Yeah. Think about it. Whatever's in the soil ends up in the plant and then the plant is powdered and ends up in your drink. So, that you know, so plant-based proteins are going to be like a lot higher in heavy metals, lead, mercury, arsenic. They're going to have chances of having fecal matter, E. coli. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not to be like super crazy, but growing process, the industrial growing process and industrial raising process. doesn't matter if it's like the plants or the animals. It's pretty nasty right now. Yeah, that is nasty. Well, we can trust your protein powder when it comes out. Farmer's market, 100% pasture-raised animals and my protein powder. Yeah, (laughs) hell yes. And then fridge, you said lemons. I might know the answer to this. Uh, What is the coolest thing that's happened to you this year? Well, I already talked about GMA. Yeah, that so was my really book, cool. My book coming out. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. massive. What would you most like to be known for? The nutritionist that gets results without being super structured. That teaches people how to love their body and not be in pursuit of perfection, but be in pursuit of their best self. Yeah, and that's probably that's probably it. I love that. Um, Favorite podcast to listen to or just like people that you admire? Well, I love your podcast actually. And I'm loving Mind Body Green's podcast. I think that they've brought on some really cool people, including yourself. And then people I admire, I I admire Dominic D'Agostino, who's like a really big um, researcher in the keto space. I really actually admire Mark Hyman. I think in a world where you can build a brand and stay one way. And if people know his old work, it was chicken, rice, and broccoli, old school diet style stuff. I think as new research comes out, I respect the people that will change their mind and or share what is relevant and new instead of trying to plant their flag in the ground and say, no, this is the way it is. Because here's what's going to happen. I love the Fab Four. It's about balancing blood sugar. It's light structure. But if something were to happen and I, someone were to say fiber is bad for you or leafy greens causes cancer, I wouldn't stand behind my 
the brand that I built. And I think that's a really hard thing for people to do. They're really admirable to change your mind, explain why you're doing it. And it takes guts. And so Mark Hyman is a person who does that. Chris Kresser is a person who does that. You are a person who does that. And I want to be a person who does that. That's such a good answer. You are a person who does that. Yeah. You're like the epitome of evolving with the science that comes out and always just like living life and not holding on to anything too too tight. Yeah. Amazing. And if you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? White. I don't know. I just feel, I feel like it's, it's calming, fresh and clean. It is. Yeah. And white is like the energy that's connected and tapped into people and communicating and... Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And to like (laughs) higher sources of energy, which you must have some of, even if... I need all of it. Yeah. Even if you're not as deeply into some of the spiritual things that I'm obsessed with, I think you're tapped in because I think anybody who, who just flows and like, like you were saying at the way beginning of this conversation you were like waking up in all these things happening, like really good things. And I think the only people who are able to do that are people who are tapped in and it's the law of attraction and energy and you have the best energy. Thanks, mama. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so Kelly, tell everyone where they can find you. At bewellbykelly.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, which I'm on occasionally, <laughs> is at bewellbykelly. Um, you can find me on Amazon under Body Love. <laughs> uh, I don't know when this is coming out. There's a book Very sale. Soon. There's a book sale happening next Tuesday, November 14th, but I don't Ooh. know that it would be out um, that soon. It might. I, I, I want to like expedite it because I love it. This is what I, this is what I do all the time. So I just we'll jumped see. in front of someone's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a bonus episode. Ah, I want it to be. So fun. I know. Um, well, if, 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 you, if you make that sale, cool, but if not, no pressure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there will be more, maybe yeah, around yeah. the holidays. Yeah. Or just so. buy it full price because like... Yeah. Kelly deserves it. She yeah. worked really hard. It is really funny when you get the emails that are like, I rented your book from the library and I learned so much. Thank you so much. And I'm like, okay, cool. I get that. That's actually a really smart, frugal thing to do. But <laughs> I don't think my, my book is like less than 10 bucks. Like, can you please help me? <laughs> I know. That's the thing. I get messages too. Like, when are you doing another book sale or another ebook sale? And I'm like, I get it. Like, a sale is very exciting, but when you break it down, it's like three dollars that you're getting off, and yeah. this shit is hard work. Yeah. But I get it. I want everybody <laughs> to each of their own. Yeah, I'm like, don't get that Alfred coffee, and instead right. buy my book. Right, exactly. <laughs> Even my 14 year old niece makes fun of me because I'm always like insta storing my 14 dollar latte from Creation because these are like the few things I choose to spend my money on. Yeah, but still, she's yeah. like. You're setting a bad example for people <laughs> in middle school and high school. I hope you know. Oh and I'm God. like, no, I am not. Like when they grow up and they fall in love with loaded gun from creation, yeah. bulletproof style drink, yeah. even though I'm not supposed to be drinking coffee due to my also Aww. most recent tests with Dr. Lecco. No. But I'm still drinking it. Like just not as much. Yeah. Moderation. Yeah. Yeah. Just Which you've taught back me. a little bit. I yeah. Know. Yes. <laughs> So I'm so glad that you're here, Kelly. I, we could talk for hours. Yeah, totally. 
on and offline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It was super fun. Yeah. Sorry about my uh, 4.45 a.m. voice going on right now. I like it. It's very Rassy. sultry. Yeah. Yay. It's good stuff right now. So everybody go check out Callie's book and her website and social media. Maybe you'll even see her on Snapchat. Who knows? Yeah, let's go back to that. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> snapped in like months, but... Yeah. It's hard. I see them. I see the messages coming in all the time. Yeah. <laughs> from my friends from high school, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Kelly. She's an amazing human, a dear friend of mine, someone I love very much. And I think you're probably able to tell that from this podcast and our conversation and having Kelly on just reminds me how much I love having my friends on this podcast and having these heart-to-heart conversations where I really get to catch up with people that I love so much and share the conversation with you guys who I also love so much. It just feels very serendipitous and synchronistic. And I'm so excited for this next chapter of Kelly's life to see what's up with her new book with Kelly as a mom. One of these days very soon, she knows that I have asked my pendulum about her pregnancy multiple times and I have lots of good vibes surrounding her with that. And it's amazing to have a friend who's so rooted in science and nutrition and health with my trajectory being so much more on the mindfulness, spirituality, yoga path, because it's really cool to blend our interests and kind of make some magic together and see what happens. So thank you guys for listening. Definitely check out Four Sigmatic with the code blonde if you feel so inclined to try out the mushroom coffee craze and see how it feels in your body. They also have other good products like brain sticks and sleep sticks and really cool stuff like that. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to jordan at thebalanceblonde.com. And I will send you my blogging tips and tricks ebook that I save for people who rate and review this podcast, which I'm so grateful for because I know it definitely takes a few minutes in the iTunes store, but it's so appreciated by this human right here. And I just appreciate you listening. So whether you review, whether you tell a friend or whether you just listen and enjoy, it makes me very happy. So thank you for being here. Thanks to Kelly for sharing her heart with us today. And I hope everybody has an amazing, inspired, fun, creative, and loving day full of good vibes. Love you guys.